I think most of these rules, these signs that you're seeing everywhere, are just to scare people into submission. The separation really has to do with the need for vaccinations to become mandated and universal by our consent. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Hey, before we begin this interview with my friends David Weiss and Sophia Smallstorm, just a quick word from this interview sponsor. So check this out. A hiker from California was recently rescued after being stranded in Joshua Tree National Park for 40 hours with a broken leg. Cases like this are why I carry the Backup Solar Bank. Now the Backup Solar Bank provides unlimited energy because it's powered entirely by solar panels. It's perfect for emergencies like the one I just described because of its powerful 20,000 mAh battery and convenient wireless charging for your cell phone. If you get in trouble and you've got the backup solar bank, you just may be able to call for help. Get 20% off using my promo code SGT20. I'll leave that down in the description. And you'll also get free shipping on your own backup power bank by going to BackupSolarBank.com or clicking the link I provide below this interview. And welcome back, friends. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Guys, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I have back on the line my friend Dave Weiss and my other friend, Sophia Smallstorm. I feel honored to call these people friends because they are among the truly woke, not the lefty fake woke. These guys know what's really going on in the world. And Dave Weiss has the DITRH YouTube channel and the Flat Earth Podcast. He also created a really cool app. What's the app called, Dave? It's called the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. It's kind of a long name, but if you just search for Flat Earth Clock in either Play Store, uh, it'll show right up. It's a cool app, and uh, that's a nice green screen you got going there. Unmasked, unmuzzled, unvaccinated, unafraid. COVID-1984. Boy, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Sean, I see people walking around with face masks on that are made of American flags. And I, I that that is triggers me in such a way. It's like land of the free, but you're muzzling yourself with an American flag. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think people would be better off just getting a standard surgical mask if they're going to wear one at all, and then writing in black Sharpie what you have on your shirt there. I think that's a much better idea. Sophia Smallstorm is also a longtime friend of mine, guys. She's the mind behind 9-11 Mysteries, the documentary that I hold in such high esteem. Her website, sophiasmallstorm.com, and her nutrition and vitamins site, Avatar Products. Hi, Sophia. Hi, Sean. Hey, I have to just throw in, somebody said to me the other day that one way to quickly do away with all the face masks is to write Trump 2020 on them. There you go. There you go. All right, I like it. All right, let and, me, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I actually heard from a friend of mine that he put useless placebo across his face mask and everybody in the stores, they all laugh, the checkers, they love it. So I now am making face masks with a little label sewn in. These are breathable muslin, organic cotton, unbleached masks. If you absolutely have to wear one, but across the front, it's going to say little tags as useless placebo. While we're on this subject, let's just stay here for a second. Dave, you and I spoke the other day and you had some interesting insights about masks and not wearing them due to ADA concerns or exceptions. And anybody can claim these. 
Sure. I, uh, I've been using the medical exemption since the beginning and uh, nobody really says much, but now, especially airlines, they're really cracking down and uh, forcing just here in Connecticut, the governor signed uh, a, a statute, a law, whatever he wants to call it, saying that um, anybody over the age of two must wear a face mask in public at all times. Um, and the only way you can is if you have a doctor's note. That breaks every federal law, HIPAA, um, the, the ADA, uh, it, it's not, you know, it goes against the constitution. It's not a law, but it's just, um, I think most of these rules, these signs that you're seeing everywhere are just to scare people into submission. They're not being enforced. I go into Costco, I go into ShopRite, I go into small stores and uh, 99 out of a hundred times, nobody says boo to me. I have yet to put a face mask on. Um, but if you put a face mask on, it's because you're choosing to. It's not because you have to. It is. It's compliance, and that's what they count on. That's what tyrants rely on is compliance, right? A compliant yeah. society is a society that will live in tyranny. I think that's the Sean, lesson for us all to learn. Yeah. Um, I want to say something that I thought was really a different take on why they're making this face mask thing go on. And David had said to me the other day that it may go on for as many as five years or several years. And so what I learned from some unknown person on a video, and I started really looking into this and thinking about it, the face mask is, a, um, is an opportunity to give AI uh, practice in recognizing us apart from the facial recognition that it has already mastered. So AI, we're made to stand six feet apart so AI can get a good read on each of us and start um, categorizing us based on our build, the way we walk, um, posture, this kind of thing. So this is really, really an important phase of AI training. Okay, that's why they're pushing this face mask thing all over the world, because they want AI, which already knows your face, to now be able to tell who you are from behind, from the side, etc. I think that's really interesting. And you know what occurs to me, Sophia? Mm. When you walk into a Walmart or a Target, you already know you're on video from the minute you walk in that store. But even when you go to self-checkout, what do you see? You see a camera in your face. You see yourself right on the screen. So do you think for a second Walmart and Target wouldn't be complying perhaps with the federal government in helping identify people? Because think about it. You walk into one of those stores, mask or not, you're on videotape, you walk up to pay at self-checkout, you're on video, you use a credit card or a debit card, so there's your name, you're ID'd already. They've got all of this. You think this isn't being stored in some central database and if the government wants it, they can get it? or the government will just take it anyway. I think you're absolutely on point, Sophia. Yeah, this is part of biocapitalism, the human capital market, um, surveillance capitalism. And this is the stuff I've just now gotten into. I did a show with David and Jaron on this. The more I learn about it, Sean, the more amazing it is that it is this evolved and this um, is hidden, and I'll use the word occult, right? And this technological, it's Truly amazing. This is the tech technocratic state really, really, really ratcheting itself up to play financial games with each of us. We're all becoming commoditized on the hedge fund and other financial markets. Let me just throw something in there um, just about the face mask. I'm sorry if I'm dipping back a little bit, but I, a question for you guys. 
have you ever worn a face mask because you had the common cold, influenza, whooping cough, pneumonia, um, tuberculosis, bronchitis? Nobody wears a mask unless you're in a hospital in an intensive care unit. And now we're all wearing masks that have big gaps in them. They don't care if it's a bandana. They don't care what it is as long as it's covering your face. That's a great point. Uh, the bandanas yeah. are ridiculous. And the, and the face masks are ridiculous. We know that they right. don't actually protect anybody from anything. I mean, the science is clear. Right. But do you think the leftists, the Democrats, the governors, the mayors, do you think they care about the actual science? Do you think they care for one second that Cuomo was putting people with COVID in nursing homes, therefore killing people in nursing homes? But what do you think? I mean, isn't it interesting that the media doesn't actually care about the science and neither do the governors or the mayors? Right. They, 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 the only science that there is, is they said science shows that a face mask helps spread, uh, stop the spread of COVID. Well, what science is that? There, there is no science. That, the science that there is, is that that doesn't do anything other than make you rebreathe your own toxins, your own uh, CO2, uh, give you facial and gum conditions, your know, mouth problems. I've seen pictures are popping up everywhere with people getting horrible rashes on their faces. Um, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And uh, to take it one step further is, you know, when you see a baby, Sean, and you look at that baby, what do you do? You go, hey, how was your day, baby? Or do you say you make a face, right? You communicate with your face. And these babies, when, uh, you know, babies sleep a lot, they're processing information. I would guess that maybe 10%, 20%, of their information processing are the things that they did and, and played with. The rest is all of the faces that they saw during the day. When you're walking down the street through a sea of people, Sean, those are all strange faces. But in that sea of people, there's one familiar face. Bam, you see it, you communicate. All of this interpersonal um, communication just by seeing faces is happening. And for lack of a better word, I'll call it the force, just like in Star Wars. It's the, it's the energetic connection of human beings just by communicating with their face. And now they're taking that away. I see parents with infants that are wearing masks and are trying to communicate with their kids and their kids' eyes are just like, I'm looking at these kids. They're getting brain dead. Image. In my, in my opinion, they're being stunted. Their brain growth is being stunted. It's, uh, it's lowering our connected force. And who knows what that means health-wise. You know, you think about um, solitary confinement. That's the worst thing you can do to somebody. Not the worst thing, but it's a horrible thing to do. This is the beginnings of that. They have a separated, not touching, hiding our faces. Uh, this is way worse than people are realizing. You know, that's so interesting. That actually will bridge into something that I have down on my list of things to talk about today. And so we'll come back to it in a second. But there's a Netflix documentary series uh, called Love on the Spectrum. And it's about people with autism trying to be able to connect with others. And uh, the reason what you just said resonates with me, David, is because of people on the spectrum and their inability to connect with others, no matter how hard they try. It's just so heartbreaking so i want to circle back to that in a minute wait let, let me just throw in one more thing sure. when any of us walk into a party in a room of people and everything it's the faces that matter you can look across you can see your friend and you know immediately if they're good or they're not good you may go up to that friend and say how are you oh i'm doing great i'm doing great sean um but you know deep down inside those are just words that their face is telling you another story they're taking that away and, uh, and, you know, that is a huge part of us um, 
thriving together. So um, take off your mask is all I say. I'm not putting one on at any cost. No, I agree with you. The reason I brought up Love on the Spectrum is because people with autism have a really hard time with faces and social cues, and they don't know yeah. how to interpret those types of messages, you know, body language, facial expressions. They really struggle with that. And so it just resonated with me what you just said, because if we're all wearing masks, then to some degree, they're making us all a little autistic because we can't read each other's social cues. We can't connect that way. I think it is absolute slave training, and I think these are humiliation rituals. Have you seen the new one? There is a, uh, I just saw a tweet the other day. One of these states wants to mandate servers, waitresses and waiters, to wear cones, reverse cones, around their necks when serving people in a restaurant. I'll try to find the image, but imagine a dog, you know, when a dog has a paw issue oh my and God. put a cone on their head so they can't chew on their paw. That's what they want to do. It's absolute humiliation ritual. Wow. But, you know, we also have to get into beyond how bad the masks are and what they're doing to our psychology. There's the AI aspect of it. They are training AI, make no mistake. And the second thing is they are simply just compounding and confirming over and over among all of humanity, the entire world, that contamination, this is the germ theory of disease, that there are germs out there that you have to prevent from getting into your body and that each of us has like a legacy of germs that we're going to confer on another person, the other, right? So that's the separation really has to do with the need for vaccinations to become mandated and universal by our consent. So yeah, it does all these other things. What surprises me is how this, the, the platform that they have come up with and the protocols just, there are so many levels that they tie in and make this kind of diabolical sense, right? Right, but I think they're losing control of the narrative. Well, sadly, sheeple people are buying it, but more and more people are waking up. And Dave, to your point, when I go around in my state, I see the majority of people not wearing masks. Now, most people will put on a mask when they go into a Target or something where it says you're required to have a mask. Most people will comply, but the minute they walk out the door, they take off the mask. So I think the saddest part of this whole thing, though, is to watch how easy it is to whipsaw humanity or a population into doing the bidding of these tyrants, right? Because many people are complying. Too many people are complying. Too many people are complying to these lockdowns. Modeling behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard a statistic, uh, and I'm looking into it, and it, it seems to be right, that in the last 20 years, if you take worldwide overall deaths, this year is the lowest in 20 years, year to date. Yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors. All right, I just mentioned that they lost control of the narrative. Let me show you kind of what I'm driving at here. Did you guys watch any of that Democrat convention? I've seen I, parts of it. I did not. This is how they closed out night one with uh, a performance by Stephen Steele's and Billy Porter. The song, Buffalo Springfield, there's something happening here. But what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. All right, let's watch this. And then I'm going to cut in some footage that I think shows how far gone these people are and how insane they've become. Something happened to me. But it 
closet there. You guys get the idea? I mean, these people support Antifa. They support Black Lives Matter. They support taking our guns, doing away with the Second Amendment. They support mandatory vaccinations. They support open borders. They support abortion on demand in the ninth month. I mean, who would vote for these people? Uh, I, not me. I, I, I would, didn't even watch the convention. I just I can't bear to watch it. Sean, do you think that they're all in? Like, this is like, I don't see them being able to turn this back at, at this point. Like, they're using everything. Um, you know, the way I look at it, it's World War III has started and it's against the people, but the people don't see it yet. I completely, 100% agree with you. These people are so tone deaf that they had Bill Clinton speak at their convention. We know he was on Pedophile Island with Epstein, and now there's pictures that have been leaked of him getting a massage by one of these young sex-trafficked girls. Have you seen that picture? No, I have not. He's a pedophile, and they had him speak at the convention. I mean, who would vote for these people? They're literally anti-human. There is no point railing against them and thinking who would vote for them. They are modeling behavior and belief systems for us. This is what they're doing. And there are people who vote by their party. So I guess all the Democrats who watch the convention are going to start taking on these ideas. This is about modeling ideas and behavior and belief systems, right? This is how I see it. And we have to model different ideas, different belief systems. But the thing is, we don't have the command of television. We still have presence on the internet. So again, I don't know that it's going to be, the votes are rigged. So they are standing up there dancing and singing the ideas that they want us to take in and integrate into our beings. And that's behavior modification. Sophia told me years ago that they were going to normalize um, pedophilia. And I was like, how can they possibly do that? And they're doing it. It's happening. Well, Tom DeLay warned us about that. The memo coming out of the Department of Justice that he saw and reported about in 2012 said, there's a secret memo to normalize 12 perversions, including bestiality and pedophilia. I'll play the clip right now. Well, we've already found a, a secret memo uh, coming out of the Justice Department, they're, they're, they're now going to go after 12 new perversions, things like bestiality, uh, polygamy, uh, uh, having sex with little boys and making that legal. And, uh, and, and not only that, but they have a whole list of strategies to uh, go after the churches, the pastors, and, and any businesses that uh, tries to assert their religious liberty. This is coming, and it's coming like a tidal wave. All right, so Tom, Congress, I just want to get this straight. So you, you, you are aware of a Justice Department memo where, that says there will be an effort to, to legitimize or legalize bestiality, uh, pedophilia, and as you put it, perversions? That's correct. That's correct. Wow. But, but here's the good news, Sophia. Guess what? Mm -hmm. They're modeling behavior most people, most right-thinking people, are rejecting that behavior. They're rejecting that agenda. All right? The Democrat convention view count, the viewers, were down some 40% this year versus last year. Okay? Nobody's even tuning in. And then amongst themselves, they can't agree. You've got AOC, that leftist Marxist, giving her 60-second pre-recorded spiel 
right? And Joe Biden's their candidate, right? What does she do? At the end of her spiel, she says she seconds the nomination of Bernie Sanders for president of the United States. They can't even agree amongst themselves what the hell they stand for. Wow. Right. Well, you know, Sean, they are behind something, this new kind of capitalism that is going to commoditize people. To me, this is the most important information I can get out today, this week, because I have begun to understand it on a level that I never understood it before. And I hope someday you have Alison McDowell on your show, because it's her blog, wrenchinthegears.com, that I've learned so much from. And I spoke to her yesterday by phone. So this capitalism, marketing of human, um, human beings through the COVID reset is where everything is going. And they want to make human beings and their misery. They are, they are you know, oppressing us more than ever before. They are ripping the middle class out of existence and widening the gap between the disenfranchised poor poorer classes and themselves because they're the uber rich the elite but in the middle sean are these people that allison calls functionaries and those are the people that enforce their oppressive protocols and their behavior training and the idea here is to get us so depressed in every imaginable way that we are in personal crisis and they have emotional trauma management this is what Kamala Harris is is has this huge fund uh, going for 1.3 billion dollars she has some family friendly schools act and they want to have all children linked to the blockchain they're gonna give all the disenfranchised people free phones and then Google will offer them different you know choices for their behaviors different apps you're going to get a dribble of cryptocurrency into your crypto account your bitcoin account if you make this choice or that choice of what to eat and where to go and this is called basically it's managed trauma and managed poverty because they will keep pretending that they are trying to lift you up from your misery show you new ways to train yourself for a different kind of career path but nothing ever will will fix or rectify your situation because you are now part of what pay for success funds are are targeting and impact investing. This is the new thing. That's interesting. Well, yeah. they're trying to tokenize video games. They've got kids addicted to this kind of thing. You spend all day in your bedroom playing video games to earn tokens that in the real world have precious little value, if any value, but in the gaming world, right. and, and, there's the, and, and they get addicted to playing the video games to get these tokens, thereby not living their actual lives, living in a virtual world online. That's right. And they have video games for trauma uh, treatment, for psychological trauma treatment. They've actually got video games that you can play and it will take you out of your trauma. Now, I'm going to take you someplace really scary. This is just my overactive imagination. But once pedophilia is legalized and they tell us, you know what, there are just people who can't help it. They're interested in sex with children. And look, everybody, children are being sexualized really early, so it must be natural. So let's introduce the children to the pedophiles. And this is all going to be part of normal behavior, normal society. Well, they're banking on the fact 
that a certain number of these children are going to be traumatized by these encounters with pedophiles, all of which is legal. So then those children will be commoditized. Their trauma, their, you know, re, their rebuilding of health, mental health, is all going to be part of another gaming system. And this is what trauma management is in this capitalistic surveillance behavior modification world well you guys will recall that uh tom hanks who has been accused of being one of these people that you just described a pedo by sarah ruth ashcraft who said that when she was a little girl her father trafficked her and uh, one of the people that she was trafficked to she claims was tom hanks now tom hanks has moved to greece where pedophilia is considered a disability. So I just think it's real interesting, and I think it's a decent bridge back to what I was talking about before, love on the spectrum in autism. You guys are familiar, obviously, with the Q movement, right? Yep. So among the Q movement, those researchers that take crumbs and dig and dig and dig and really go deep down the rabbit hole and try to explore and research, they call themselves autists. Q autists. And I thought that was really interesting because in that show, Love on the Spectrum, there's a character. He's the red-headed 27-year-old man named Andrew. And he's brilliant when it comes to puzzles. He adores jigsaw puzzles and connects. He built a giant Ferris wheel out of connects, something I could never do. He can uh, solve a Rubik's Cube in under a minute, something I can't do. And it just made me think that, you know, as it pertains to Q autists, I don't know if they mean that literally. I don't know how many Q researchers are actually on the spectrum. But it does give me a glimmer of hope that in the end, God wins. Because the way I view people with autism is they were damaged by big pharma vaccines like my oldest son. They were damaged on purpose by chemical weapons delivery systems, a very nefarious plan by these monsters who run the world. But in the end, some of these people are given gifts. They have gifts that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have. And I wonder how many of those autists have helped uncover things like, well, Tom Hanks, like pedophilia, like child sex trafficking being a plague upon this world. How many autists are out there helping to expose these deep state monsters? You know, it just made me think that in the end, in the end, no matter what these people do, these evil people, no matter what they do, God wins. God, I hope so. <laughs> you have to have faith. Uh, in this world, this world is crazy, Sean. And and but now I see more and more people waking up. Um, there's so many more people that are at least not fighting back when they when they see something that I put out there. Instead of they're just they've become quiet, and that's the first step before they start asking questions. Uh, rather than just react and say, I'm not, you know, you're crazy and refuse to look at the evidence. So I'm seeing a lot more of that. I have a lot of hope. And, and I believe that we create the world that we're in. I mean, it's not even a belief. It's, it's, I've proven it in my life. Sophia and I have discussions about how our thoughts create our world. And, and that can be proven because every single thing that you have in your life right now, you thought of, you desired it, and you allowed it to come into your life. Um, you know, some you put a little effort and you got to do certain things. You don't just sit there and say, okay, I want a billion dollars. Cause what you're really saying is I'll never have any money when you say that. And, and that's what will happen. But you know, they want us not 
within each other's energy fields. They want us um, isolated. They want us afraid of each other. They want us not seeing each other's faces, not connecting. They want to lower our life force and become powerless to them. So, you know, if you don't have hope, well, then there is no hope. Yeah, they want to lower our vibrational state. Sure. Right, I, th I agree with that. David, that was a very good way that you put it. And we are really creatures of creation and intention, and we are being, we are being muzzled into being creatures of reaction and response. But it's our choice whether to react or respond, you know? Right. So, sorry, this, this whole thing could be over tomorrow if uh, just a number of people, uh, a per, you know, 10%, 20%, whatever, just said no, took off their mask, went out and did what they were supposed to do. It would be over in an afternoon. It would be, it would be the end of it. If the elite wanted us to be healthy, they would say meditate, exercise, eat good food, socialize, go out and get some sun. But they're telling us the opposite of all of this. If this was real, if people were really thinking that, hey, I'm going to wear this mask because it's going to hide me from, uh, it's going to protect me from a disease, then they wouldn't be going out to restaurants where you can sit without a mask. They wouldn't be doing any of this. People are doing it because everyone else is doing it. If people stop doing it, everyone could stop doing it. It has to do with what do you believe? Do you believe there's a virus out there that you could catch and that could kill you? I mean, there was a man. I don't wear a mask except my breathable mask into a couple of food stores that I need to get in and out of very quickly. And I'm very interested in the effect of the useless placebo tag when I go in there. But every other place I go, I don't wear one. And I don't have to. I'm not asked to. But there was a man on the stairs, up and down the stairs to the beach. There's a big sign, wear your mask, because you're p passing in too, too close, you know, uh, proximity to other people. And I had just found some trash. I was coming up had all my beach stuff and I just put some stuff in the trash that I'd found on the beach to clean it up and I'm walking up the stairs I'm the only one of course I'm not wearing any mask and this man leans over from the landing and he screams at me it's socially irresponsible you're chancing my life bitch this is what he said to me wow. and I'm chancing his life. So these people are terrified that they're going to die because you're not wearing a mask. This is their belief system. The TV told them it has to be true. Yes. And, you know, we have a homeowners association board meeting tonight. They're going to have it outside. And you're told to bring a mask and a lawn chair. And you're supposed to speak. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. How are people going to speak in an outdoor setting where everybody's sitting six feet apart? With How do people speak with their mask on and be heard? It's crazy. And then I was told by somebody that certain people who really want to attend this meeting aren't going to come because they're so terrified that there will be people there with ma without masks who will make them sick. So everybody believes, everyone who believes there's a virus is the type of person who thinks they might die because of you and your social irresponsibility. And they're wearing a mask to protect them from a virus that they're going to line up to get injected into their brains, into their blood. I wanted to get into the vaccines, this, what these uh, mRNA vaccines are going to, are designed to do.
Oh, it's very, very important, yeah, the RNA vaccine. It's interesting. Why in the world, if they're going to push a vaccine at all, and I know they want to make it mandatory if they can, people like Bill Gates and Fauci would love to do that, but why, Sophia, would they push an RNA vaccine which will change your DNA, it'll mess with our human DNA, and there has never, ever been a safe RNA vaccine ever made or ever released to the public. Why are they doing this? It's so blatantly, overtly, explicitly evil, Sophia. Well, they call it mRNA medicines, the software of life. This is the CEO of Moderna, Stefan Boncel sounds like it's French. That's how he describes messenger RNA. So I want to explain how this vaccine works. And there is a diagram on my blog that I got, sophiasmallstorm.com, that I got from Alison McDowell's blog that shows this. You will see that the DNA, DNA is like a storehouse for um, a biointelligence. DNA stores instructions for how to make proteins, right? Then the mRNA is messenger RNA. It is the temporary set of instructions that tell the cells how to make proteins. And then the proteins you could call in our modern terminology, the applications. Proteins are the basis of our life and our body. They are the structural elements of the body. They do the work and the transport of everything that we need moved around. They are like the, the workforce, all right? The workhorses of the body. Proteins are made by mRNA instructions. DNA holds all those instructions. So mRNA is the code, DNA is the biointelligence, and protein is the result. So this mRNA vaccination is a triple needle vaccination. I'm talking about the method by which it's delivered. And they call this the software of life. So why do they want to do this, Sean? Because they want to alter the software of our life, of our body. That's, they call this medicine, and they call mRNA an informational molecule. So these vaccinations delivered with three needles. How about that? Well, how about this? This is so interesting, guys. Um, so I just interviewed Brent Johnson about our straw man, our fictional corporate person, and all of that stuff, right? And the fact that your social security number is property of the U.S. government. And if you truly want to be free, you have to disavow, you have to give back, you have to void out your social security number, in his opinion. But here's the thing. About this RNA vaccine, think GMO foods, right? Monsanto can't own corn, but if they genetically manipulate corn, they can patent it, and then they can own that version of corn. These people want to genetically modify human beings. Now, what's to make you think then that Moderna wouldn't claim patent ownership on the people that they genetically modify? Could these corporations make an argument that those that take the vaccine are owned by them? That's a far out idea, but you know, in this brave new hideous world where these people are clearly opposed to humanity, it's not that far out an idea. That's correct, Sean. I called this the partnership when I gave a talk that's uh, been popular on YouTube from Chemtrails to Pseudo Life. I believe this is in the, well, it might be in part one or part two, but um, they are able to do that. But remember that the 
mRNA are the instructions. So the result of the instruction is what is created, which would be the protein. So when they alter our proteins by these vaccinations, and I call these vaccinations versus vaccines because there's another whole story to the vaccines. Vaccination is the delivery method. And I mentioned three needles. So the central needle, these are needles coming in all at once, three prong, like a fork. Central needle is connected to the hypodermic and will deliver what's in the syringe. The, the flanking needles are, are electrodes and they put a voltage into your body at the same time as the vaccine is being injected. And that voltage opens up the membranes of your cells, the por porosity of your cells, because you have voltage-gated openings on the out outside of the cell. This is called electroporation. So the this is just like computer software. For your computer to know how to do anything with its software, it has to be plugged in. Electricity has to be fed to it. And this is, I'm using a very, very rough, crude analogy, but this is not medicine in any definition or any sense of the word, as they want us to believe that the older style of vaccines are. This is software being delivered into our body. Well, interesting that we're having this conversation because what popped into my head is this enzyme, evidently, that is part of this bioluminescence chip that I think Microsoft owns or has patented. One of these companies has. I'm going off memory here. But the name of that enzyme is Luciferase. Luciferase. I just the think... light bearer. <laughs> you just can't make this stuff up. No, it's all connected. This is what's so brilliant. And yes, you're right. That Luciferase is the enzyme that they are putting in the quantum dots, which Microsoft has the 0606, 2020 0606-06 patent. And luciferase is simply the name they've given an, an agent of bioluminescence. What's bioluminescence? When you see fireflies, they're employing bioluminescence. When you see certain kinds of you know, algae in the night that glows, anything that glows naturally is bioluminescent because it has this particular enzyme in it but not always luciferase there are other enzymes as well i've read so yeah it's amazing they like their little words they like their little numbers but most of all it this is an intrusion into our body and they are placing in it Catherine austin fitz calls the vaccines the new mrna vaccines a microsoft operating system I call it a body operating system. And I'm saying, remember MS-DOS? This will be MS-BOSS, B-O-S. Who's boss? Can Who I owns you? Can I play a clip for you guys? I think this is so interesting. Dave, um, I recorded this the other night because uh, I was watching the Netflix show The Crown, which reportedly when it was uh, made, they've made, uh, I think, two seasons or three seasons so far. I think they've made three seasons so far. They're working on a fourth the most expensive show ever produced. It's extremely well done, but of course, as you can imagine, when telling the story about Queen Elizabeth uh, and Prince Philip and uh, the royals, it's going to paint a very sunny picture of who these people are. It's going to give you one version of history, not the true version of history. However, in the episode that I was watching, Prince Philip is doing a lot of soul searching because he's very interested in the Apollo missions. 
right? He's watching them live, and he's the only person in the family that he's really into it. Like, he's a pilot. He wants to be one of these astronauts. He's so filled with envy that they got to go do this thing, and he didn't, and he's stuck back on Earth. And the reason I want to play this clip for you guys is because when I was watching it, I thought, how interesting that they would portray this version of history, but in his own words, based on what I know, what you're about to hear is exactly the purpose of those missions. And Sophia, you sparked this idea, you sparked this in me to play this because earlier in this conversation, you said you were saying that we are a product of creation. I couldn't agree more. Here it comes. Faith, I'm here to admit to you that I've lost it. And without it, what is there? The loneliness and emptiness and anticlimax of going all that way to the moon to find nothing but haunting desolation. Ghostly silence, gloom. That is what faithlessness is. But as opposed to finding you know, wonder, ecstasy, the, the miracle of divine creation, God's design and purpose. The point is, is that he's having an existential crisis. He's lost his faith in the creator because these men went to the moon and they found nothing but desolation. They found no evidence of a creator and they were able to go to the moon at all. But guess what, David? That's the whole plot of the story. Our story, our human story, is that they pulled that charade to make us believe that we live in something very different than where we actually live and where we actually live has many evidences of a creator but they don't want you to know that the elite don't want you to know god is real sean when when i know this is my favorite topic as you know and uh you broached it a few years ago with marty Leeds and i and and have had several shows since and i know you got a lot of flack but that flack is backing off i've gotten so many messages from sgt people followers it's Day. I thought you were crazy. You know, I, I started looking into it. I got your app, uh, you know, and I learned that we don't live on a ball. And this is so anger so many people. But the people say when you try to tell them about the true earth, the, you know, the globe lie, they go, what's the purpose? Why, why would they bother? Why would they fake all of this? You know, how could they do that? And the answer is because they're hiding God. And this is how you do it. You put a wall around us, you put a wall over us, and you tell people there's no more. And, and that's it. So, you know, when I, five, six, seven years ago, I didn't believe in a creator. I thought evolution was real. I believe we live on a ball. Um, and God was the farthest thing from me. But when I've discovered that we live in an intelligently designed place, that we are the center of creation, um, everything changed for me. Everything. I've new people in my life, new excitements. Every day is a wonder. Even during this COVID mania, I am I am thriving, having the best summer ever. I don't people don't don't want to hear that, but I'm having um, an amazing time. It's an amazing ride. The world is messed up. People are zombies, but I know where we are. I, I see where we're going, and um, I'm doing my best to help help people um, understand where you are and not be in fear. Can I ask you something? 
And then I want to yeah. get Sophia to comment on this, any of this, any of what we've just talked about, because I know she's passionate about all of these subjects. But So are you telling me that when you fully believed the Copernicus heliocentric Vatican model of this place that we live, when you firmly believed in Darwinism, in the theory of evolution, and when you firmly believed that we're hurtling through space and time on this globe, and that essentially we're the product of nothing more than a big bang as opposed to God speaking this beauty into creation, speaking this beauty into existence. Are you saying you were happier then or happier now? Happier now. I mean, see, we're in this situation right now. They convinced us that this beer bug came out of nowhere. Nobody, you know, that we have less deaths this year, but everyone is wearing a mask, hiding, shutting down businesses. People are falling for this because they're lost in space, is the way I put it. They're, they're in their minds, they're spinning on an insignificant speck of dust in an infinite vacuum where an asteroid could wipe them out at any minute and their resources are limited and there is no God. That's where they live. And if you are like that, you can be convinced of anything. You could be convinced that this, this convinced of everything that everybody's convinced of. But when you have your feet firmly planted on solid ground, you see that you are the center of creation, that you are a powerful, powerful being here having a physical experience. You can see right through this. The, the true earth, flat earth, globe-like globe community is an amazing community. None of them have fallen for this. There's millions of us now, millions, and every single one of them sees through the tyranny. They see the deception, okay? Uh, we don't know everything about the true makeup of this earth, but the one thing we know for sure is it's not a spinning ball in an infinite vacuum. We're not lost in space in a godless universe. We are here in the center of creation, and we can see because our feet are on the ground, and we know who we are and where we are and what we are. So that's why I am always pushing. I've dedicated my life to waking people up to, I'll call it the globe lie or the true earth. Flat Earth triggers people, and you know what? We don't know what this world is, but it's not a ball, there's no curvature, it's flat and stationary, and it's created for us. Sophia, Dave just mentioned that uh, they want us to believe that resources are limited on this little ball upon which we live. To which I say, to anybody listening, if you think that's true, and if you think God didn't give us enough through this creation, go plant an apple tree. If you're in the right climate, Go plant an orange tree or a lemon tree. Go fishing with your kids. And then you get back to me on how limited our resources are. John, I lived in a small apartment a few years ago and uh, renting an apartment. And there was a little patch of land that didn't even have any grass on it because it was just dried out and there was a, no parking sign. I built two uh, four by 10 boxes out of two by 10s, filled them with dirt, grew food. I fed the entire neighborhood out of that little spot. Okay, I fed everybody. I didn't need to buy uh, you know, any, any fresh produce because I had it every day. It was just growing. I'd go out and I'd come back and I'd be like, oh my God, there's more cucumbers. They grow so fast. It's so easy. There's so much abundance. During uh, the, um, in uh, Cuba, when they had a, a crisis during the embargo, uh, the, was it Castro? The leader said, everybody grow gardens. If there's an empty plot of land next to you, take it, grow gardens. They had so much food during that, it was unreal. And everybody got healthier. Sophia, your thoughts on any of this? Well, you're very, you both are very passionate, so I'll let you guys be the passionate ones. I'm much more analytical, Sean. 
I don't get all swept up in excitement about where we live or, you know, who made it or what I'm doing here. But let me ask you something. You're a very open-minded, as you said, analytical person. You've done your share of thinking on this subject. For those who are listening who think Dave is out of his mind because he's a flat earther, you know, I said to Dave when he was on with Crow, and I said it to Marty Leeds when he was on with Marty Leeds, I said, look, I'm not a flat earther, but I am a globe, as we're told, skeptic. I think they've lied to us about pretty much everything since birth. So I think globe, as we're told, skeptic is probably a pretty good moniker uh, if you're going to question any of this stuff. Have you ever questioned any of this stuff, Sophia? Questioned what? Whether we live on a flat earth or not? Yeah. Well, of course. I'm the one, apparently, who told David to start thinking about it. That's true. But I don't get all caught up in it. That's my point. I don't think they've lied to us, okay? This is how I look at it. Your eyes tell you what's around you. If you look at the beach, the ocean, the horizon, and you see that it's flat, but you are believing that it's round, your eyes aren't lying to you. Why aren't you believing what you see? You just have to tweak your brain that way. My eyes always told me the earth was flat, but I thought it was round because that's what I was told to think. Once I cleared that, that dilemma up, then I see everything differently now. But I'm not going to jump up and down and get all excited because I've been lied to. I lied to myself. This is what we have to correct. Are you lying to yourself? That's the only question to ask in my mind. They, they tell us not to trust our senses and to believe their nonsense. Well, that's the same thing they did on 9-11, right? So right. look, Sophia, you were three steps ahead of me when it came to that subject. You made an entire documentary, 9-11 Mysteries, that helped me wake up. I didn't know you then. That documentary was shown to me or given to me by a friend who had purchased it, and then I got to watch it. Or maybe I watched it online once it was on YouTube. I forget. But the point is, is that you recognized what happened on that day as being something other than what we were told earlier than I did. And so you contributed to my wake up. And so I think it's so interesting because still to this day, there are only certain people who are capable, evidently, of waking up. And I've said you cannot force your wife or your neighbors or your friends to wake up. You can urge them, you can nudge them, but at the end of the day, they have to choose to wake up on their own, each man right. one by one. Well, it still is lost on me how so many people do not recognize what happened on 9-11 as being something other than what we're told. Even if you show them World Trade Center 7, even if you show them the BBC clip of Jane Stanley reporting about the collapse of that building 20 minutes early, it's astounding to me that some people evidently are not able to wake up while others are. Isn't that weird? You know, just to Sophia's point about her not getting excited about the, the specific things, with all of us researchers out there, um, everybody has their own niche. Everyone, Sophia has her style and what she focuses on. I have my main focus. Uh, you do your stuff. Together, it makes a full soup. Uh, you know, a delicious soup of information. If everyone did what I did, we wouldn't know anything. If everyone, you know, focused on one thing, we all need to contribute the way that we feel best. So that, that's, 
that's how that's how I you know see it it coming together. And that you know the apocalypse is the lifting of the veil of secrecy. The apocalypse we are in full swing. People are seeing behind the veil. People are all of a sudden for whatever reason starting to be able to see. And I feel that you know us that are awake to offer information. You can't jam it down anyone's throat. You can you can lead a man to knowledge, but you can't make them think. You know, you can explain something to somebody, but you can't understand it for them. Um, so you can offer and people, more and more people are taking that offer. That's well said, David. I want to just tell both of you what I said on September 11th, 2001. I was awakened by a writing client. I was coaching writing. She called me at eight in the morning and she said, Sophia, Sophia, you don't have any relatives here, blah, blah, blah. You don't have any family. And I thought of you right away. I called my daughter and now I'm calling you. A plane hit the Twin Towers or the World Trade Center. And I said, what? She goes, turn on your television. Turn on, turn on right now. I said, no, I'm not going to turn on my television. And I never did. And then you threw to her. She lives outside New York. And she told me, uh, that one of the towers had fallen, had, had collapsed. And I just said, excuse my French, but I said, that is bullshit. And my mother goes, it did, it fell. I said, but there's no way. There is no way because a plane hit it. And after that, I just refused to believe it. I refused to look at anything on television about it. I never saw footage of the tower coming down until somebody lent me Eric Hofschmidt's video, Painful Deceptions. This is years later. And I finally see the footage and I go, oh my God. Well, of course, of course I was right. There's no way that could happen from a plane hitting the top of the building. And that's how I got into my thinking path, okay? I refuse to accept the conventional explanation because even in my mind, I had never seen anything. I knew it wasn't possible. Do you know what's so interesting about that? I think that because you didn't watch it, well, beyond that, you're very intelligent, so the spell may not have worked on you anyway. But because you didn't watch it live, the spell that was cast on millions of people didn't work on you. You weren't subject to the spell. And something similar happened to me because I got in my car. I was on the phone that morning. I've told this story before. I was getting ready. I had the Today Show on for whatever reason, just having morning TV on while I was getting ready to go to work. First plane hits the first tower. They report live, live from New York. There's been an incident, blah, blah, blah. I call my buddy. We're on the phone. He's in his car traveling to work. And we're having this conversation about how crazy this is when the second plane hits. So I saw that live. We're under attack. This is obviously orchestrated, act of terror, whatever. I'm going to go to work. I'll talk to you later. I get in my car and it takes me, you know, 35, 40 minutes to get to work, Sophia. And during that time while I was driving, both towers collapsed. So then when I got to work to be amongst my friends, by the way, I was in TV production. So we had this whole TV broadcast engineering room with multiple TVs. So we could see multiple feeds from multiple news networks. I could not compute how those towers could have fallen. To me, that was impossible. So I, like you, didn't watch it live. It did not compute, right? It's like blowing a hole through the top, you know, a little hole through the top of an oak tree. How would that oak tree collapse? Certainly not in on itself in real time at free fall speed. So, and then real quickly, Dave, I think you have something to say, but the other thing that I got stuck on and I couldn't get away from it and it led me to go down the rabbit hole is why would people 
jump out of a tower that is no longer on fire. There had to be extreme heat within that tower that they could not take because no man or woman would choose to jump out of that tower when it's no longer on fire. Or, or did they really jump? So that's a whole nother rabbit hole. And there's so much uh, to talk about 9-11. I just want to say one thing about the towers falling in video footage. The iconic footage that they showed on TV was from the Chopper 5 copter, which was miles away, but zoomed in just in the right amount of time before the second plane hit. The guy that was actually the cameraman in that copter is the guy that wrote the software and teaches the course on how to insert CGI aircraft into a live video feed. Let that sink in. He wrote the software and teaches the course on how to insert fake aircraft into a live video feed. Well, they picked the best person, right? There are Sean, are you speechless? Are you speechless? No. Well, no, I'm not. I think there's areas of that day, there's areas surrounding that event that lead to people infighting about all sorts of different theories. And I like, just, I like to just stick to the basics, right? World Trade Center right. 7, collapsed at free fall speed. The media ignores it. The media will not talk about it or show it. BBC reported about the collapse of that building 20 minutes early. What was in that, uh, what was in that building? All sorts of nefarious organizations, you know, CIA headquarters or whatever in New York, um, all of the documents relating to the Enron crimes, you know, all sorts of stuff just went away. Lots of problems disappeared when that tower went down. So that to me is enough. You know, getting into the no planes thing or any of these other theories, they're interesting avenues. Certainly people can bridge off and go down rabbit holes as it pertains to that day. There's many of them. Hey, without, just to, to end uh, this, the, uh, the website Stop, Look, Think. If you go to the 9-11 page, all of the documentaries, including Sophia's, are there that have been deleted by YouTube stoplookthink.com uh, along with a ton, of, a ton of other information. So if uh, anyone's new or to 9-11 or wants to see more, there's a no plane section. There's all the stuff. All the information's there. Research it yourself. Make your own decisions. I'm not telling anyone what to believe. Yeah. I would also say uh, ae911.org has done some valuable work in the area of 9-11 yep. truth. You know, Richard Gage and that team, obviously. Um, well, this is probably a good spot to just wrap things up. I think it's been a far-reaching and interesting conversation, and uh, we've definitely gone into some areas where we will take some heat, David, so thanks so much for that. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. If you I want just, to take that out, feel no, free. No, that's on me. No, that's on me. I brought up the crown because I thought that was a really powerful moment in that show. Yeah. You know, the prince is having an existential crisis because he frets that we went to the moon, and uh, it just proves that we're nothing. I'll give you guys a chance to plug your websites and products and anything you want people to do. I guess, Dave, we'll start with you and your app. Yeah, my app, it's the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. It's by Blue Water Bay. It costs $2.99. That's how you can support me. It's a great app. Every single day, you'll get a new video that shows up on the app. Um, and I say, if you, uh, question, you know, think that Flat Earth is dumb, I take the app challenge. Get the app. Watch the video every day for two weeks, and then you will know that there's something wrong with the globe as the bare minimum. Um, there's tons of features on it. Uh, you can uh, just check it out. You'll love it. Uh, and it's a good-looking app, too. So uh, besides that, you can find me at the Flat Earth Podcast. My YouTube is D-I-T-R-H. It's just the initials for Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. Very short 
uh, videos there. Most of my videos are under five minutes. And um, that's it. If anybody uh, wants to interview me, have a discussion about Flat Earth, especially if you hate Flat Earth, info at theflatearthpodcast.com. I love talking to people that think Flat Earth is dumb. (laughs) I love it. All right. And Sophia, tell people how they can get your newsletter and tell them about your your online presence. Oh, thank you, Sean. Yes, my uh, blog page is sophiasmallstorm.com. I just repost mainly, but my own analysis and thinking comes out in the monthly newsletter, which you have to subscribe to. And that is described, you'll see a a little section on the left of the blog page, how to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, And mainly I do shows based on what I'm diving into every month, the new rabbit holes that I'm finding, or the old ones that I'm reconnecting with newer ones. So that's really the crux. When people write to me and say, what are you up to? I say, well, do you have to wait for my newsletter? And um, Sean, in my store, avatarproducts.com, I have made some promotional bumper stickers. Uh, Last month, we had the black and white sticker, I do not consent. And this month, I will send you an image of it, but it says, end the masquerade. I printed thousands of them, M-A-S-K-E-R-A-D-E. And it's a photo print, so the background is the blue surgical mask. And it's a very nifty bumper sticker. And for every $10 that you spend at avatarproducts.com, you get a free bumper sticker, starting with End the Masquerade. We're maxing out at 10 stickers this time around. But if you go to the store, avatarproducts.com, you will see the four stickers that we're going to send to you in the order of which we have those we have the most of. And the masquerade comes first. So, yeah, you're going to get free stickers. You, these are UV resistant, uh, waterproof vinyl bumper stickers. They're a quality product and they would retail for 3 to $4 each. So I'm very happy to say that every time I've done a show with Sean, his listeners have been very, very supportive. David uses a lot of my products. I've sent some to Sean to try as well. And um, there, there are things that I have discovered and found that have worked really well for me in this new, uh, new journey of bioremediation. We're trying to rebuild our bodies so that we rebuild our attitude really on how to cope with all this. Yeah. I like your magnesium cream. Sean, one last thing of the t-shirts. If anyone likes the t-shirts inside the app, if you go to settings and scroll down, there's a t-shirt shop there that has the COVID-1984, the unmasked one and a a bunch of others. Um, People seem to love them and hoodies. It's a, it's some fun stuff in there. All right. Way to spread the message. If you're afraid to say anything. All right. Very good. Dave, I appreciate your time, man. Take care. All right. Thanks. Sophia, thank you so much, too. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you very much, Sean and David. It's a pleasure talking with you guys. And uh, for those of you who are still with us, thank you so much for tuning in. A shout out to our patrons who are keeping us in this fight for truth and real news. And guys, of course, for real news, please visit us directly at sgtreport.com. Because if you search SGT Report on Google, the website won't come up in the returns. The YouTube channel buried in the returns. You do the same search at Bing, The website comes up first. The YouTube channel comes up second. Google has been weaponized. So visit us directly at sgtreport.com, the antidote to corporate propaganda 24-7. God bless, guys. Bye-bye. When you deal with the Social Security number, you become immune 
to these regulations because they don't apply to you. They only apply to U.S. corporate federal citizens. And when you give up the number, you are no longer one of those.